So welcome back to the Fairly Lame Podcast. My name is Dom and today we have the Honours Recap, which means the year's done. And for those of you who may not have been following along, this could be your first video. Uh, I was doing my Honours Year this year, which is kind of like a research project. So uh, not to get too much into the T's and C's, but pretty much I did my undergrad, which was uh, Wildlife and Conservation Biology at the Great Deakin University down here in Melbourne. Uh, and then after that, you do an Honours Year, which for me... My project was uh, camera trapping in coastal dunes, and so I've got a, I've got two videos up already, or maybe three videos. One was like an overview. Second one was a recap from my first lot of field work, which was deploying the camera traps, which had uh, some pretty interesting stories. And then another video uh, from the collection trip, which was a final lot of field work that I did for my project. So in today's video, we're going to be going over what happened since my last video, since that last bit of field work touch on uh, the coding, the statistical analysis, which I absolutely hated, bit of a spoiler alert there, and then uh, writing my thesis, not the most gifted writer, and then, um, yeah, a bit of an overview of my experience of the whole uh, experience and what some other people's uh, thoughts were as well. But yeah, let's get into it. So pretty much, since then, what's gone on, what has happened, and how did we get to today? So since that fieldwork video, uh, we captured just over 75,000 pictures, uh, which isn't that much considering uh, we were camera trapping with, I think, 90 cameras. Uh, previous projects got around like 120,000, 160,000, much, much more. So for this, I had to manually go through every single photo and try to identify them as best as possible. And so most of these weren't too bad. We really just got... We identified 33 different species, but we had six or eight main ones, which were more common. This was like swamp wallaby, uh, black rat, bush rat, uh, house mouse, uh, echidna, common wombat. I think common wombat was actually the most common animal that we found. It was across like 84% of our sites or something. So pretty much go through all of these photos and manually drag in every single photo uh, into the species and then this included uh, false triggers. And so there are some days when I'd go through 9,999 false trigger images if there was a strap flying in the wind, um, if there was a, an, an animal kicked over the camera and then it was on the ground and it was constantly taking pictures, stuff like that. Again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, make sure to check out those previous videos. Because um, yeah, you had to go through all the false trigger photos in case it might have been a false trigger, but there is the potential that you captured an animal in the back uh, of the image. So that took a while. I think it took about two months to do, constantly coding, coding, coding. And then after that came the statistical analysis. So for the coding aspect, we use something called R or R Studio. If you've done any uh, university studies in regards to environmental science or even some business courses and accounting, I think you're using R now as well. Uh, but for those of you who may have no clue what I'm talking about, so R is a coding software in which we ran all our statistical analysis. And so I went through Deakin University, so luckily enough, I was exposed to a little bit of R. I think we did, one, we, we used it for one subject in third year called landscape uh, evolution or landscape ecology or something like that. Um, and then at the start of honours, you had two classes that you had to do. One was scientific professionalism and the other one was stats. Um, and personally didn't find them that useful looking back because um, it's kind of, again, this could just be my, the way I approached it. I'm sure other people got a lot more out of it. Um, but for me, you kind of just learned what you had to do 
for that one project and you didn't really think about more broader aspects or applications. And so when I was coming to do uh, honors, the first class that I was ever doing was stats and I was thinking, fuck, this could be very hectic. I could be out of my depth here. But in the practicals, we just sat and we went through uh, the code. We already had the code made and then the demonstrator would just talk to us about what it does and we'd just run the code on our computer and produce the outputs. It wasn't like write your own code, use your own data, anything like that. So then when it came time to do my own statistical analysis, I was quite unsure on how to go about it. Again, I had a lot of guidance from my supervisors uh, and luckily enough, my project, we had a bit of a pilot project. It was following on from a honors project which happened a couple years ago. Uh, and so a lot of the stuff I needed was already made for me but a lot of other honors students weren't as lucky. And so yeah, like I said, both my supervisors were super helpful when it came to stats. Uh, I just flicked them an email anything, anytime anything went wrong, which was quite often, and it just felt, it was very grindy. As in, you're working, you're working, you're working, nothing's going right, errors, errors, shit's hitting the fan. But then all of a sudden, the code works, you get all your outputs at once, and it's just, there's so much build up to that final analysis uh, it can be quite demoralizing. I remember I had a couple days where I was sitting there thinking like, fuck, this could, this could literally never get done. Um, I just felt that out of my depth. And it can be pretty intimidating. I know a lot of other people shared that opinion as well. And apparently even in undergrad classes, you hear people uh, are in tears during practicals because they're just not understanding anything. And then all of a sudden it clicks. And I'm not going to say that it necessarily clicked for me during honors. Like I knew what I was doing and I knew why we were doing it but if i had to change any of the data manipulate stuff I, if, I, if i was trying to investigate something different i would really struggle converting the knowledge that i have now into that different project even though i've got a bit of a baseline uh, it's definitely not as much as i needed to have which again this could just be based on my own i guess personality whenever something went wrong my first response was to send an email to my uh, supervisors because luckily enough one was the stats guy like the stats guy the only stats guy deacon the second was um, uh, associate professor so like real high up um, so I'd send an email first and then I would look into how I can solve it so while I'm waiting for a response I'm having a look as well to kind of like you know because if you get a response straight away grouse but if you don't then you're still looking in the meantime anyway so you're not really wasting time whereas um, an absolutely incredible honors student uh, named Georgie, she was doing her analysis, her supervisors didn't have a fucking clue what was going on, which puts it in perspective um, how important stats may or may not be, depending on where you want to get to. But yeah, she was in the wars day in, day out, and didn't have much supervision at all. Um, but yeah, got it done. And so she took it upon herself, just YouTube videos, the college of YouTube literally can teach you anything. Um, and taught herself how to code pretty much. And she definitely had some assistance from uh, one of my supervisors, who's again, the stats guy, so everyone goes to him. But besides that, um, it would put her in a much better state. Like I didn't want to go into a PhD, but if I did and I had to do more analysis, I would be in a pretty bad spot given the way, um, I guess I undertook, undertook, undertook the stats component of my research. Um, but again, maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit. Maybe if I went back into it, I would realize that, fuck, I actually did learn a fair bit during my honors and this converts quite well. 
But again, stats is something you can avoid. Like I was talking to a couple other PhD students and for their undergrad, they just, or for their honors, sorry, their analysis was just comparing means from a couple years. So it's not, it can be as intense or as easy as you want to make it. But again, these are all questions I didn't know to ask before I started my honors. I didn't really think about it. I just jumped in. It'll all be sweet. It'll work out. I didn't realize how different every honors project can be. Some projects, like again, Georgie, she's doing PhD level statistical analysis where I'm just clicking a few buttons for a script that's already been written for me. So it can vary dramatically. So these are just the conversations you need to have with your supervisor early on. Talk about uh, what the statistical analysis might look like, your experience, uh, what you want to do, what you want to avoid, and this can help you choose a project which can be as suitable as possible to your experience. And then so after analysis, which took about two months, so altogether I got back from fieldwork in July and then I had coding for about two months, uh, maybe a bit less, maybe, no, just one month, one month of coding the images. Uh, which is something unique to my project. Not other, not every project's going to have that. But then analysis took me about two months. Um, and then I was writing my thesis at the same time. So I think I started writing around June, in between fieldwork. In between fieldwork, I started my introduction. Uh, and then I did readings throughout the year, at the start of the year, when I didn't have much going on. Um, but then I really just focused on coding and analysis and then left a lot of my writing to the back end. Uh, and I'm not the most gifted uh, author. I really struggled with a lot of it, especially the structure. Like in my head, I don't know what it was. When I was writing, everything made sense. Everything flowed. Um, but then looking back on it, it didn't. But in the time, I just remember feeling like it really... It was one of the best pieces of writing I've ever, I've ever done. And then you got feedback and it was all very honest, which is a good thing. Um, and I think that goes back to the type of supervisors you have. Like some can be brutally honest, you know, like to a point where it's not helpful. Um, but mine, they kind of, they started very testing the waters, seeing how you'd respond to more honest feedback. And, you know, once you, you know, you roll with the punches, whatnot, um, then you get the more critical stuff, which, you know, can be pretty, um, demoralizing at times. Like I think I'd got like this literally doesn't say anything and just like massive sections deleted when when you see that um yeah you think like fuck for the moment like i remember i just um went for a walk had some food just to like get your mind off it and then after you kind of pull off the band-aid read that feedback and then go back in i found it really helpful because you're in a better frame of mind to i guess soak it in because you've already you've already copped that punch and now it's all about processing it and thinking about how you can make this better because all the feedback is designed to make it as good as possible for the most part you might get some psycho um uh what do you call it supervisors i heard one story i don't know i don't know if this would put anyone off honors and i remember i heard this story one bloke he was banned from supervising honors students for a couple years he's a fucking psycho anyway respectfully respectfully of course um so during honours, you have to do two seminars. So your first one is at the start of the year and it's just talking to a panel of scientists or lecturers, makes it sound a bit more friendly, um, about what you're actually doing in the year. And so they'll ask questions. It's all designed to help you. They'll be like, oh, have you considered this? Or how is this going to be viable within this timeline? You know, it's all real positive. Um, people are nervous because they're still getting their heads around projects. It's quite intimidating. I remember when I walked in, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but you go into the uh, Deacon's Burwood Corporate Centre and I thought it'd just be a little classroom with four people 
uh, that you're presenting to, and that's sweet. But no, it looks like you're in the United Nations. You walk in, each desk has a um, microphone coming out of it. You press the button to talk. All the cameras and lights go on you. I don't know about lights, but the cameras do. It was quite intense. Um, I didn't mind it too bad because my... I was kind of like, who the fuck cares? In the most respectful way, I've never... Because I didn't want to go into a PhD. So this was kind of just to get the experience and we'll get to where we get to. Um, and like doing a bad speech isn't going to be the worst thing in the world. Especially when it's not worth that much. I think it's worth like 5%. Anyway, and so this one supervisor, this um, bit of a unit... His kids gave a presentation talking about their project uh, and then apparently he called them outside and gave them an absolute spray. <laughs> like, you've embarrassed me, you've let me down, blah, blah, blah. All these other ha all these other people had to get involved. Um, and yeah, he was banned from supervising honours. But that's the worst thing that can happen. Don't, don't let that uh, sway your uh, perception of honours. It's a great experience. I think this just adds to my point of basing your selection of projects on the supervisors as well as the project. For me, it was pretty much 90% supervisors, 10% the project. Obviously, it has to be something you're somewhat interested in. Um, like for me, I started off, I think the first project I looked into was seagrass restoration. Thought that'd be incredible. Go out snorkeling, do seagrass assessments uh, down in Port Phillip Bay. So living the dream. Um, but then this one, the one that I ended up choosing was working coastal landscapes heaven on earth but i i picked based on my two favorite uh undergrad supervisors and that's a great way to avoid lunatics like that then we had to do a final honors seminar so this was a present your findings to again another board of scientists another panel and so this was for about i think you had to speak for 15 minutes and then you had five minutes at the end for questions and so my project we didn't really find anything important we had three significant results out of everything and it was all kind of just showing different results nothing clear nothing all that uh i guess impactful influential anything like that so there wasn't that much to talk about so going into the project or into the presentation rather um i kind of had the idea that i just want to do a good talk because i personally i didn't want to go up there and do a bad presentation when it's awkward you're nervous you're forgetting stuff um, so my focus was on delivering a good speech and presentation rather than the actual content. So that led to me getting the mark, which I got. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that great either. We're over the HD mark, so it's all sweet. Um, but the feedback that I got was definitely expected. Um, but it was quite confusing too. So you had a panel of four scientists and you had other people in the room. You had PhD students, other honors students, uh, other lecturers who wanted to come in to support their um, students. And then I had one asking me questions. Um, again, a scientist who wasn't on my panel, just asking me questions about how um, vegetation at Wilson's Promontory and National Park uh, is going to be modified in the future. And then I gave him an answer saying, well, it's a national park. Hopefully it won't be. Hopefully they're not tearing down Wilson's Promontory National Park. But maybe they might install a couple boardwalks um, a couple beach access points or maybe the vegetation at the front of the dunes may be more susceptible to trampling or you know people setting up their fucking picnic tent picnic blanket up there you know what i mean and then he looked at the roof and looked like real not annoyed but like like i was just like chatting rubbish and then someone else was asking a question and he just chimed in and asked the same question i was like who the fuck like you're not on my panel man <laughs> relax anyway we survived it the presentation went well again got the feedback that i expected 
but because it's a panel, you can get some exact opposite feedback. Like I got uh, from one person, uh, didn't didn't communicate the importance of the project, but then someone else said, "Great, um, great, great background and uh, evidence of why this study is needed." So then you're just sitting there like, "Well, fuck." But again, that's just some people from different industries don't understand what's going on, uh, and I guess that's all a part of the process. And so after that, we had our final seminar within two weeks of our final uh, due date, which was for me the 4th of November. And so between this time, there were some very late days. Again, I was struggling with my writing. I've, I submitted quite a few drafts though. And again, this goes back to supervisors. Like for me, I submitted probably eight drafts, maybe less, because I submitted uh, the intro to each supervisor, the methods to each, results from each, uh, uh, fucking discussion to each and then a full one to each so whatever that comes out to be uh, whereas other supervisors again going back to the great Georgie she was her supervisors were just like oh, we'll just have one or two looks max just show us a look at the end which is complete opposite to what I had uh, again I definitely did need more support um, but not saying that it's like a comparison thing just saying like if I was in that position with some pretty unsupportive supervisors I would have been fucked there's no way I'm finishing, but I had two of the goats uh, and they did a massive, they played a massive role in getting me over the line. Obviously, it's all your own work. It's all your own thoughts and whatnot, but just like that support of giving you the feedback and I guess if you're willing to work hard and submit all these drafts, then um, I guess you should be able to get as much feedback as you want because it takes a lot of time going through drafts and adjusting them, going through feedback. Um, so it makes it, a lot more time consuming but again it does leave you with hopefully a better project and so to end today before i get down to heaven on earth bo morris down or maybe blackrock or half moon bay might treat myself um we'll end with some final a bit of a reflection of the year of honors how i found it would i do it again and recommendations to people who may be thinking about doing an honors slash conservation project for a year so overall, I do think it was very worthwhile. Even though I'm not going into academia, I'm not doing a PhD next year, it was never my interest. Um, I think I talked about this in earlier videos, pretty much the only reason I did honours. So I was applying for jobs at the back end of 2021, which was my final year of undergrad. Uh, and it took a while to hear back from a lot of jobs. And I didn't want to fall into the place of just sitting around and waiting to hear back so I, had, I gave myself a deadline, which was a lot earlier than it needed to be. And I said, I think it might have been November 30th or something last year. I said, if I don't hear back from a job that I want to be in, by this point, I'll commit and I'll give Mike and Anthony, my supervisors, my word and I'll commit to doing honours, whatever. 30 November comes around. I uh, didn't hear back from that dream job. So I said, hey guys, uh, just letting you know that I want to commit to this honours. I didn't know if that's like a if you have to do that or if you can do it another way. I just gave them like my words so we know we're all sweet lock in that project. Because that's the other risk. If you wait around waiting for jobs or other opportunities, you may miss out on that project that you really want to do. And then of course, what do you know? The second that you give them your word or commit verbally, whatever, you start hearing back from all these jobs. And I don't know if it was a test. I don't know if this was the old universe testing you out to see if you're going to stick to your word. But I thought, no. Uh, look, I've given them my word. I could have gone back. I didn't submit any paperwork. I didn't enroll in anything. I was more than free to go away. It just would have been a pretty shitty thing to do. So I stuck to it. And 
I guess the two benefits that I saw was one, obviously the experience. When I was applying for jobs in undergrad, I had very limited examples I could provide, especially around project management, working with volunteers, working within a budget, that kind of stuff that you just don't really get, especially when you're volunteering or if you're working in casual employment, right? So this gave me a lot of really valuable uh, experience because a lot went wrong, a lot went well though, and it was a very intense year. But also just the opportunity to have a look down the academic pathway and see if it's something that I want to pursue into the future. Again, never thought I would end up doing an honours, let alone doing a PhD, but thought, dip my toe in, see what it's like, because at least you get it over and done with. You know what I mean? Because I thought if I went and worked for a couple of years, there's no way I'm going back to an honours project to not get paid um, to go see out this pathway. And honestly, as fucking stupid as this sounds, a part of it was for a bit of content. I always wanted to do something like this, the great Fairly Lame uh, Studios, Fairly Lame Podcast. And I thought, what better way to document my honours project? I didn't do as good a job as I wanted to, partly just because I had such little field work. I had two weeks of field work the whole year. It was very intense, so that kind of meant there's only so much you can capture. It was a pretty harsh environment, so I couldn't bring out the great DGI or DJI, whatever, um, to film stuff. It was all on iPhone, and a lot of the time, I was just in the office either researching, writing, coding, or doing analysis. Nothing too interesting. And yeah, like I said, even though I don't want to go into academia, I'm very glad that I did it. Um, half of the experiences so I can get a nicer job in the next couple years, but also just through the experiences that you gain. Like I remember up until probably September, maybe August, I was thinking, who the fuck complains about honors? This is the easiest shit in the world. Cause my project, again, this is just my project and this is how different they can be. I didn't have to do any, I just had to put my name on permits. I didn't have to do any like design, any consultation, the project, because we were just building off the back of a previous one, which I highly recommend if you're like me, you just implement the same shit and it's the best. But then other people, like again, the great Georgie, one of the goats, uh, she had to do, cut that, she had to do field work over the summer and then some people are doing constant field work almost fucking every day. Which is good, it would be enjoyable, but it just means there's that much more going on, that much more hectic, and it's a much bigger year. Where for me, the work really only started around field work. Um, so yeah, probably June, but then up until August, September, that's when I had to start staying longer at uni, did some 12-hour days. I remember a couple of weeks before the presentation and whatnot, you're doing 12-hour days at uni, just fucking researching, writing, going through... Uh, drafts, analysis, making graphs, everything. So it can be quite time consuming, but then that experience I'm quite keen to take into my other endeavors like the Great Fairly Lame podcast and making content, that kind of stuff. Just seeing if you're able to get through that and the work ethic I had for something that I don't really want to do. Like I didn't really want to do honors deep down. Like I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, if I, if I had the choice to do anything, it wouldn't to be honors, you know what I mean? But something that I do want to do is um, build this platform. And so if I work that hard for that, I'd love to take a few of the lessons I learned and convert them into this. And for me, it was a great way to see what life may be like if you did a PhD. So for Deacon, again, this there was a, it was a bit weird. Deacon's, I don't know if Deacon's a bit strange. A lot of politics, a lot of politics. I'm sure it's every university. But even just trying to get a desk, um, you got people... Uh, <laughs> you got people who refuse to open doors for you, like you knock on their office, they look at you and turn away. Bit of that going on. A uh, bit of getting yelled at uh, for doing stuff 
that they told you you're allowed to do a couple of days ago. But hey, water under the bridge, man. Um, anyway, so I finally got access. He had to jump through a few hoops. And I remember one of the topics was like, uh, one of the requirements was we can give you access to a hot desk. It's not even my desk. Hot desk. Sweet. That's all I need. But you're not allowed to tell anyone because if you tell anyone, your access will be revoked. And it's like, fuck. Anyway, so I finally got access to this desk and I was the only honours student in the whole building. It's building BA for those of uh, those of you at Deakin. And it was good. You're around only PhD students and so you can kind of see the depression and whatnot creeping in there. Um, no, nah, that's a joke. It was pretty, it was pretty positive. Um, a few of them didn't have the most glowing remarks, but it was a very good social side. At least for me, looking in, it seemed like a social side definitely makes up for the work that you do, especially the money that you're on. I think you're on about $28,000 a year, so it can make it very difficult, especially if you don't want to live in a house with, you know, four other people. If you're living off, I think it's like $500 a week, something like that, $2,000 a month. Um, it does get pretty tight. But again, the social side looks incredible. They do a lot, a lot of hangouts. But for honours, it was just me and, again, Georgie. We were pretty much the only two honours students in this room. So there wasn't any... You didn't really see any honours students, which was probably the biggest letdown of the year. I heard about previous years, uh, all the honours students had a room together. And imagine that. You're with, like, fucking 20 of your best mates, all going through the projects, helping each other out. Uh, you know, go out for drinks Friday, whatnot. It'd be the best. But now it was very... I don't want to say isolating, because I was still with... Um, PhD students and whatnot, but it was very like you were very much on your own because you didn't have many other honors students to bounce off of and talk about experiences and how they're going and learn from them, that kind of stuff, which was really disappointing. Again, I don't know if that's just a Deacon thing. I think it is. Um, they're just very weird about that kind of stuff, very particular about giving access and like you're just an honor student and whatnot. Not just an honor student, but I don't know. I don't know. But again, yeah, you do see the kind of life that um, PhD students live, what it looks like, because um, you're alongside them from nine months. And I kind of saw, as much as I did enjoy some of the social side, um, yeah, definitely wasn't for me and not where I wanted to end up for the next three years. But overall, it was a great year. Very glad to be done. And I think you get the results pretty quickly. So I submitted on the 4th, which was a Friday, and then... Uh, we're meant to get our results back within two weeks, which is insane. Especially, I don't know about you guys, but when I was doing undergrad, you could wait a month to get feedback from a bloody short answer test, which was like 20 minutes of the best. But here you're doing a thesis. I think mine was like 55 pages. But again, theses, apparently the best ones are around 9,000 words. We had a guide between eight to 12,000 words. I think mine was about nine, nine and a bit, whatnot. Um... But yeah, so we get our results back. Hopefully, uh, they will be looking. I don't know. I mean, at this point, you're not gonna you're not gonna fail if you do everything. That's what I learned from undergrad. Talking to supervisors, as long as you submit every assignment, you're not gonna fail. So, uni doesn't sound that bad. Um, and yeah, see how we want to go. I've got a goal. I want to get first class honors, not because I want to do a PhD. Because for those of you who don't know, again, might not be from Australia. If you get first class honors, you automatically uh, qualify for a PhD scholarship. Um, cause if you try to do a PhD without a scholarship, there's no way, like you can't work outside of it. Uh, very intense. Um, but yeah, kind of just not even to put on the resume, kind of just to have as an achievement. So that's where we will be. Uh, again, if you have any questions about the project, let me know down below, or if you're doing a honors project, a master's, uh, 
even undergrad or a PhD project, let us know your thoughts down below. Happy to talk about it. Um, I think I had a pretty well-rounded experience. Experienced some field work, coding, analysis, stats, PhD, life if you want, um, and the social side of it. And yeah, I don't know. But yeah, soon we might get on the great Georgie that I have mentioned a couple times. We might get her on to talk about her experience just to contrast the two of ours. Um, it was very different. We had very different paths to this point in our lives as well. So I think it would be a very interesting story. So make sure to stay tuned for that. The Fairly Lame podcast will be back. We had to take a couple weeks off just because honours was getting that hectic. But the podcast will be back every Monday. And we might drop one of these. I don't want to call this a podcast. It's kind of like a, not a vlog even, just like a, you know, update. Like a journal, like a journal, a journal post to you. The great Fairly Lame audience. But yeah, anyway, make sure to follow over on TikTok and Instagram at fairlylame underscore. We post four days, four days? Nah, four times a day on TikTok, two times a day on Instagram, a reel, and uh, the top feel-good conservation news stories from the week. Uh, and we're also going to start doing some cooking content. I've chucked up a little here and there. Um, but yeah, just got to figure out how to make it look nice. And Oh, and some beach cleanups, some beach cleanup content coming soon anyway hope you guys enjoyed hopefully this made sense i feel like i rambled for a lot of it jumped all over the place highly recommend going back to my other videos if you need some more context but we'll see you guys later